0: Welcome back to Ladies with Gumption, episode 106, Breaking Bad. I am May, and I'm here with
1: Tatiana
0: and Jessica. You can always find us over on the Tumblr at ladieswithgumption.tumblr.com. All our podcasts are on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. We are no longer on Facebook. It's not official, but it's dead. Um, <laughs> we are on Twitter at Gumption and you can always contact us at lays at gmail.com for all our patrons thank you so much for sending us your some hard-earned money every month so that we can keep this podcast up um we appreciate you and you will get some more exclusive content in the coming weeks hopefully um moving into news yes birds of prey is still on theaters please go see birds of prey because apparently sonic the hedgehog is Gonna make fifty-five million dollars this weekend, which is more than Birds of Prey. So go watch Birds of Prey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I find, that's whole theater. Like the
2: conversation around Birds of Prey is like really like weird because people keep calling it a flop, but it made it won the weekend, and then it also made back like just about all of its budget in that first weekend. So I don't know. I just I still like. People keep saying it's a flop, but it doesn't really feel like it is. Or I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a flop.
0: I think people just thought it was disappointing when compared to, like, Aquaman or Shazam's opening weekend. But it cost, like, like, what, $230
2: million. or something to make or Yes, true. They
0: also had a bigger budget. That's very right. true. And I just think that part of it was... WB's marketing in general like not just for Birds of Prey their marketing is pretty shitty lately and at the same time it's like maybe they banked too much on people knowing who the Birds of Prey were yeah hence like the name change for the theater so that you know people could find it easier because as of right Quinn. now like public, they, public yeah. yeah Harley Quinn is more well known
1: and also the movie I would compare it to because of budget um, is Joker and because Harley Quinn is supposed to be like the female Joker so mm-hmm. Joker made a bunch of money on very little budget,
0: um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to Harley Quinn, and its marketing was very focused, and obviously, and caused a lot of controversy. In fact, but that controversy only helped it.
0: Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. The controversy definitely helped it.
1: So that is where I am. It was definitely disappointing in its in its take, but it's not a flop in and of itself. It's just a yeah. In comparison, and it's okay. not gonna be want to make yeah. more LED films.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the day it was like much better reviewed than a lot of DCEU films, so that's also something. I hope that, that does
2: count for something at least with like the WB like team that it's maybe it's like a sleeper hit or something like that. So, because I think it is a good going. I haven't seen it yet. Hopefully I'll see it next week sometime. But
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed the word of mouth helps it. Right.
0: Yeah. And I mean, films in general live beyond their theater days, regardless. So it could make like, I mean, I just remember Hocus Pocus. It was a flop at the box office and look where it is now. So you never know. Um in other DC news, we have Freddie Prince Jr. and somebody whose name I can't remember. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I don't know he's
2: doing it with. I only know Freddie Prince Jr.
0: Yeah, it First was for uh, DC Universe, and they're doing like, oh, oh, it was uh, what's his face, Sam Witwer. Oh, um, of oh, course
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're doing like a D and D type style for uh, a DC Universe show. I don't even know really what it's about.
2: And I thought it was odd to do something. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. So I guess keep an eye on that if you're a DC Universe uh, subscriber. And then we had our first look at Robert Pattinson in his bat suit, (laughs) which was like a a camera test, basically. And it's like very dramatic. The first 10 seconds are just literally pitch black. And then he enters the frame and it's like the top half of the suit, which looks really cool, actually, because the symbol the bat symbol is made out of apparently the metal From pieces of the gun of that the parents. Parents. Yeah.
2: yeah so that's like
0: it looks much different than what we've seen before and, and the i think that,
2: like the the, yeah. the batman theme that they're going to use for the movie it's it was all like really really dramatic and we're like this is a camera test this is really like high quality <laughs> <laughs> are you sure <laughs>
1: Yeah, and
0: it's confirmed to also take place in the second year of his uh, Batmanship.
1: <laughs> his Batmanship. His internship <laughs> as Batman.
0: <laughs> yes. So there's that, and what else? And I think that um, I mean, as we know, like they usually reveal costumes right before they're going to start filming outside, so they wanted to get ahead of the game and show you his outfit before all these leaks started coming up. So they're currently filming in London, so we'll have more on Soon.
2: I want to see all the outfits, please. Let's see dramatic (laughs) reveals of everybody else's costumes. (laughs) Ooh, that could be a thing. (laughs) It's a way to hype up your film. Yeah.
0: Uh, We do have feedback, which we will read in the uh, sections that they pertain to. And for this week, we only have three shows, The Flash, Black Lightning, and Legends, and we will discuss Flash on Side A, Black Lightning, and Legends on Side B, What Brought Us Joy, What Didn't Bring Us Joy, and Lady with Gumption of the Week, and Jessica will take it away as your host.
2: Yay! So, Side A is all about The Flash, and it's a good thing we only have three shows, because I feel like it's going to be like an hour of Flash. I don't know, because this episode was like amazing. But Side A... Jinxing it. And now it's going to be like, oh, we have nothing to say. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, This side is called Pig Misery, Porca Miseria, which I actually looked up, and it's like, damn it, is what it translates to. So, (laughs) damn it, is the name of this uh, side. Oh. (laughs) Love is a battlefield. Barry and Iris plan a romantic dinner for Valentine's Day, but their evening is interrupted by an old foe. Aminet Black, who is having relationship problems with her ex, Goldface, and they are fighting it out all over town because they can't stand each other, but it's really a lack of communication. And so Barry and Iris have to figure out how to put these warring factions back together in the grossest possible way at the end. Uh, meanwhile, Frost is surprisingly really, really into Valentine's Day. And she gets into the holiday spirit by attempting to help Allegra reconnect with an old love. Um, Nash provides some creepy but useful advice. And at the end, we find that Barry and Iris are also reconnecting again. But too bad it's not Iris. Because the real Iris has to watch her tethered seduce her man through a mirror. This episode was directed by Sud Sutherland. And written by Kelly Wheeler and Jeff Hirsch. What sparked joy for you?
1: <laughs> I will smar- start with the smallest of joy sparkings. Which is, um, I was actually glad for once. This has never happened before. To see another Harry. Hopefully is our Harry. Hopefully it's too Harry. But whatever Harry it is, it is not H.R. Wells. And that is what matters. So, um, thrilled for that. Can't wait for you to come on back, sir. Um, aside from that. I actually did find, I had some issues, which I'll discuss later, but I did think that the uh, Frost and Allegra little friendship was cute. I thought they had a nice little dynamic. They have some nice chemistry, et cetera. Um, and it was, it was, it's nice to see Frost try to help someone else for once. Right. And also to credit Ralph with like why she's trying, I guess that's cool. Like it's Ralph so did something beautiful. good in his life.
2: Yeah. Like <laughs> crack chip with not exactly. really
1: <laughs> crack friendship. Just yes, whatever.
2: Crack you know, it's, friendship. it's My crack it's nice. Well, It's the it's actual BROTP. So it's yeah. not crack BROTP, but yeah, you know it's what I mean? It's just, yeah. <laughs> just the BROTP. Yeah,
1: it's, it's good. We like it. So so yeah, it's nice to see Frost branching out, trying to help someone else, and Allegra actually, you know, being receptive eventually. Plus, it was like, like I can even appreciate that it was kind of um, Wells or, you know, Nash. Sorry, that's what it is. Nash, not HR. Well, y'all just let me say HR It was a lie. Nashville. I us. thought you were um, like I don't know. You didn't want a- HR. <laughs> like, same. Okay. Cool. <laughs> That's all of all of them. I hate all of them. Okay. But um, back's like backseat driving the interaction. Like he was yeah. like helping Frost help Allegra instead of stalking his not daughter. He was like, let me try some, you know, just like light, like really passive stalking. Um, and I think that worked out for the best. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on from that obviously the main um the main plot the main event um Amunet and goldface are otp the gold standard of the show um it was <laughs> uh i oh, i would actually <laughs> I I, I was not, you know, I've never been a fan of Amunet, certainly not when she first appeared, especially because she was like a unfortunate reminder that uh, (laughs) Killer Frost was a human trafficker and was never, ever going to have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. But but I do love Katie Sackhoff, and it was nice to see her back again because it's nice to get that thread of continuity with the old villains and to see that some things never change, like Amunet's accent and just the weird way that she just enjoys everything about her life even when it is nonsense so i loved seeing her you know use barry's secret identity against him because it's about time we had some consequences for the fact that everyone and their mother knows who the flash is um and even though i you know andy andy and breeze have said that they that they feel that amunet is bisexual and that's fine i don't feel like amunet likes any dudes but
2: now it turns <laughs> out she liked one dude it was well we knew um, about I, that relationship from a yes, previous episode. We had but, heard yeah. about it
1: previously. But I still did not believe it was true. And now there was an episode uh, around it. But I still I enjoyed their dynamic the as well. They they played off each other well. They were both just hilariously over the top and ridiculous. Um and I loved how basically Barry and Iris are like kind of couples therapying them, right? So hopefully they learn something in Cheryl, Sharon Finkel's office so they can stop the gang war escalating in central city because of a breakup so um while that plot was like suitably silly for valentine's day i thought it was a really fun way to introduce the communication problems between barry and iris um and speaking of uh candace did so awesome this episode i love how she played like Iris was just like only just like, like a couple degrees off kilter, right? Like mm-hmm. you could totally buy that she's Iris, but there's still something different about her, which is, you know, that's exactly what the mirror world is supposed to do. So that makes sense. Um, but yeah, and you can you tell she's having fun with it. You know, I, it's, it's sad that it's taken this long and it's taken a whole different Iris to get <laughs> her getting to do this kind of stuff. But it was great to watch happen. I loved her like, um, hitting that guy with the beer bottle. <laughs> and then being like oh there's there's probably a mob doctor somewhere it's fine um that was hilarious and then of course Barry freaking out in the background and like oh, wanting to put a stop put a stop to the operation like two seconds in banana
2: was supposed to be like Iris's co but he's in the background like banana <laughs>
1: exactly exactly like that felt very that felt very Barry that felt very them in that moment um also I really loved um just how dramatic Barry gets about the like an argument with Iris, right? Like they have like a fight and he's like, Oh she's leaving me. It's it, it's <laughs> it, Joe. We're done. I don't know what to do. So. So. <laughs> so, um so I um so that's always fun. And then getting another heartfelt parenting talk from Joe with that whole marriage is like a tree metaphor, which was in fact a great metaphor. So yes. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, water your marriage tree and then let it branch out and grow, but also make sure the roots stay deep and healthy or whatever, all that stuff. Um made a lot of sense. And I like I like how even though it's not iris for us in this episode, everything that was being discussed was accurate to their relationship. And it was something that they did need to deal with. Which I guess we just go into predictions, you know, for that. Like makes me think things we'll talk about in predictions. But it worked like I guess that's and then that's negative stuff. So I don't know. Let's just say I really liked how everything made sense. Iris made lots of excellent points in that um, fight with Barry. And then the fact that Barry, instead of that being like, oh, well, this isn't Iris, you know, this Iris wouldn't say that or whatever. He took that into consideration and he accepted it and he apologized for his behavior. And then they, you know, are, well, he will move forward differently in the future. And hopefully our Iris will too because she was probably aware of what was being said. So it's fine, I guess. Um <laughs> Also, the twist, or you know, cliffhanger, whatever you want to call it, at the end was really great. He, it was kind of a repeat of last week's, but it was you know just right. Like she looks like, like you're like, oh, this is such a sweet moment. You've all, at that point you've almost forgotten that it's not Iris. Right. You're like, no, I yeah. guess it must be Iris. Like we've gone through this whole thing. They they fought, they made up, it, it all works out. It's gotta be Iris. And then suddenly she looks up, it's like, <laughs> I got your man, bitch. So <laughs> it's not Iris. <laughs> um, that was that was a great fun. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I could say, like, literally every scene that Iris was in and everything that Iris did um, and everything that Barry did in reaction to Iris and just, like, all of their scenes, but (laughs) then I would just be repeating the episode to you. So, yeah, I had a – overall, I had a lot of fun with the episode, um, and I'm not mad that it did not move the mirror mystery forward at all. Like, by at the end of the episode, I realized, like, Nothing happened, but it was great the whole way through.
0: (laughs) I'm not not upset. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) May. I am never opposed to filler when it's a very enjoyable filler, and you know this was like a filler with Barry and Iris at the center, which is amazing. Um, and there was also not a single star lab scene in this episode, so I love that yeah, for me. I noticed that. <laughs> and like the show found a really clever way to get around Barry not being the Flash; like he could just easily, sure, just zip around the city, but they didn't have him wear his onesie, which I love that joke. And they connected it to the fact that so many villains know his secret identity, like Tati said. So they're like, I feel like this back half of the season is really dealing with the consequences of all the, the show's running issues so far, you know, like they're tackling Iris's um, emotions, even though she's not our Iris. I still think that she is some part of her. I know this is like mixing in predictions, whatever. It doesn't matter at this point. So it's like, it's still her saying these things, I think, um, some kind of negative parts of her or whatever that are finally coming to – coming out, and she's feeling more, like, bold to say them or whatever. So I'm glad that they had that conversation because I feel like we complained so much about 6A, you know, not really having to do with anything Iris for the most part about, like – yeah. <laughs> Like she barely said two words about like him dying or anything like that. It was just like now she's like I was trying to move on because you asked me to. So she wasn't going to complain about it then. But now it's like, oh, well, you're alive now. And I don't have to like sit here and mourn. So we have to deal with these things. Uh, So that's great. and I love the fact. I love the fact that, you know, as much as Barry like wanted to oppose what she was saying. But he also like didn't like in the past. It's. It's sort of been like, if she says anything, he would like, you can tell he like really wants to argue. And in this case, he was just, it seemed like he was just so surprised by her outburst that he just like, she just went off on him. And then he just looked miserable and dejected. <laughs> um, So it's it was really not, nice. It's that, not yeah. like season
2: one, Barry, where she's like, you lied to me. And he's like, well, you didn't tell me you liked me.
0: So yeah, basically. <laughs> he he's moved not on shooting back
2: that. anything at her. So that was great. <laughs>
0: um and i really like the fact that you know i always joke that like one day barry's gonna this was the moment maybe for him where he's like oh my god iris is gonna realize like she is my better half and she's just gonna leave me because she's gonna realize (laughs) she doesn't want to be in this relationship anymore um so it's always like really cute to see how invested he is in his relationship as well um because like mirror iris said you know he spent 6a trying to die. <laughs> so now you need to come back to this relationship and water the roots. And I love that Joe scene. Joe just kind of showed up. I'm like, oh, you're unexpected, but I will take you. <laughs> so I really love that he was in this episode kind of offering that advice to Barry because we've always wanted this, the, you know, Joe and Cecile to like serve as this example, this older couple example to Barry and Iris to to be there for them in these types of moments. So that's always great to see and i really i just yeah i mean i'm gonna echo tati i loved all the iris scenes like it was just incredible i think that she was so bold and just like walking in and doing what she wanted and and i just like i laughed a lot of the time because it was just so cheesy but it was like great cheesy i was just really enjoying watching the episode and when Goldface and um which I also didn't expect to see in the episode and he showed up and then he's arguing with Amunet over like their CDs and who stole what from whom. And it was just a lot of fun. And I like that it really paralleled what was going on with Barry and Iris and like all the comedic bits, um, was, were really enjoyable. And I even like tolerated Amunet. I've never really tolerated her at all. So that was great. And I like that they brought back, um, you know, her from season four and then Goldfish from season five. And it just feels like it really is a whole new world in the sense of, like, new – or they're not new metas, but they're – it's nice to see them reemerge and it's not, like, as annoying as it was before because it's actually tying into the main couple and what they're going through. And I was almost convinced, too, like, that Iris was Iris because we don't really see her – We just hear hop back out of the mirror and it's like, okay, I'm just going to go home. So you're like, okay. (laughs) And then she starts doing all these things, but I, you know, part of the frustration is like, oh, well, why didn't Barry realize it? But then you're like, no, I'm, I was super convinced as well. So we can easily see like why he didn't really catch on. But I just love the fact too, that part of why he's off his hours is like, or, like, he feels that connection is slightly disconnected because he's
2: right. it's not, maybe it's not really
0: Iris. Right. He's right. So, um, uh-huh. it still feels like he was so relieved at the end. But, like, I hope he picks up on, on more things later on because he's just so happy that they're not getting a divorce.
2: <laughs> right. She wrote him one letter. She started one email. And now she's, like, paranoid for life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so like i mean it was just a great fun filler and it also gave us like the differences with what we're th- what we're to expect in the future about like mirror iris and the fact that iris is in the mirror so it's like looking to hopefully be a good storyline and i just loved all those moments
2: yeah like it it was a it was like a proper valentine's day episode which i feel like we got close to one and Uh, season three with the, you know, will you be my friend, like the friend's day. But this was like legit. It's a Valentine's Day plot with Valentine's Day pairings and it was just like um, filler, but it was also really kind of exciting filler, so it was great. Um, I will start with the irrelevant plot (laughs) that had nothing to do with most of the rest of the episode, but it's still in my (laughs) life because I still liked it. It was still cute. I liked Frost and Allegra and Mm -hmm. You know, the Nash bit into that plot. Um, I I actually liked their, like, interactions. I thought it was... I was kind of confused about why Frost was in the Citizen office, like, decorating it for Valentine's Day. and um, But, like, her being actually excited about it just was refreshing because it didn't seem like Valentine's Day would be something that she would be, like, excited about and then have that contrasted with, like, Allegro's Eeyore moodiness um and i okay i agree with, with tati that you know it first it fit the valentine's day theme so there is that going on and mostly i just like that frost actually wanted to pay it forward like it wasn't a uh storyline that was you know frost doesn't know how to deal with love and so she doesn't know how to function it was more her <laughs> wanting to help somebody else and pay it for it for once. This And helps someone the same way that Ralph helps her. With his like book of love and all that kind of stuff. And then like Loki. Probably after watching like Cecile Botch. Chester's chances with like that. Jitters girl. <laughs> and she just kind of like sit back. She probably wanted to prove that she could do a better job than Cecile. I don't know. One <laughs> but... <laughs> but up Cecile. yeah I liked her. Her interactions with Allegra. And her actually like trying to do good and her feeling bad about it when it did not go the way that they had expected it to go. Um, I thought, you know, it was just, like, growth for her. Um, and then I thought, also thought it was, like, a good use of Danielle's, like, increasingly immobileness with her uh, pregnancy, because all of Frost was, like, sitting down behind, like, bars or whatever. Um, so it was, it was, it was well-cleverly written storyline to incorporate that part and then back on the main part like West Allen bullies continue to win (laughs) never lost (laughs) but like the whole this is episode just like so many layers of like tropes and stories that we've always like advocated for and took like six seasons to get and it's just like everything we finally get like a West Allen team up with Barry and Iris primarily relying on each other and not even Star Labs because Cisco's off on his adventures. Um, and then you have Frost with Allegra and Ralph is chasing after Sue and Barry can't use the speed. So you have like Barry and Iris having to work together on like a real team up to go after the villains, take on the villains of the week. And then you have like Iris being her like ace reporter. Mode with like calling sources. She we got a Ryan Choi mentioned, so they're still really good friends from Crisis. Um, she had a, a lead with like a botanist. She pretended that she had a lead was on some story that she did for Little Italy, and that's how she knows Italian. So you got like little traces of her being creative to f- um figure out like a mystery. You had her undercover in the bar playing a role. Um and then it was also like like I said it's a proper like Valentine's Day episode like the Valentine's romance was cheesy as hell especially with Amulet and Goldface but it was it really worked in the episode and it added to like the lightness of it while also serv- servicing like the anchorship storyline like we talked about in the Love Boat episode how like other, like, minor relationships should support and lift up the Anchorship because Anchorship is the one that's, like, grinding the show, and Anchorship is very an iris, and in this storyline, they're having, like, communication issues, and that is paralleled by Amunet and Goldface, who are also having some, like, very strained communication at the moment, and is causing a lot of, like, chaos not only in their relationship, but also, like, in the city. Um, And through helping Amunet and Goldface kind of get back together, and, of course... Um, Iris, um, quote, in quotes, is the one to notice that, you know, the reason that they it's so personal between them is because there's, like, feelings involved. It kind of, like, echoes the personal feelings that's um, off between them at the moment. So I thought it was really nice how they mirrored each other. Um, And then you can also even add Allegra and this random dude, who they broke up because of communication issues and like are ghosting them. So all all the little again like um, similar to last week, all of the plots kind of echo each other in some way and all go back to Bankership, which is West Allen, which is like great. Um, and then you have like all this mystery and intrigue with like Mirror Iris and Candice is like god tier acting with the nuances of mirror iris pretending to be the real iris and i like i knew that she wasn't real because i saw her fake ass come out the mirror in the beginning of the episode and i still believed her in her conversations with barry and like because she was speaking facts about you know not having to hold back and and the fact that she had grown and does and seemed to see that or, or or accept it because he's so overprotective of her and he wants to keep her in this little bubble. Um, So she was right on that and then like right up to the end with her conversation with Barry about, you know, him wanting to, you know, saying that, um, accept that you're growing, that you're a different person and I love you and, and you're not leaving me, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm not leaving you. I'm not going anywhere. And then it was like, Oh, yes, this is great. West Allen ending the episode, and it's, like, right up to the point where she stares at our Iris in the mirror. I'm like, shit, I forgot that this is not the real Iris. So, like, I don't blame Barry at all for being duped by her act, really, because, like, re- re-watching it, like, everything, like, Barry was, like, absolutely right. He was right from the beginning. As soon as he ate the pancakes, he was like, something is not right. But, like... Everything, because everything he said, and even on his side of the conversation with um, with her and with Joe about them not clicking, about the pancakes, about the Italian, something in him is saying that this there's something off. But she just had like better comeback for it and better reasons for it that were dipped in truth. So like that's the best lies are dipped in a little bit of truth, and that's what she was able to do. Um, I also like the analogy from Joe about the, the watering the tree because I just think it's it's really great. It kind of speaks to um, actual relationships and how to continue to stay in love even after like marriage and, and everything like that. Because, you know, some people that don't like West Island are like, well, maybe we can just say that they grew apart and the divorce is natural or whatever. And this episode was basically like, let's explore that. And then no. So <laughs> that was great. Um <laughs> He's like you hoped, that, and you, you like, set well, yourself up happening. for disappointment. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, and like I guess finally speaking of Mirror Iris, there's just like so so much to unpack about like what is what she actually is, and how she knows so much about Iris's feelings, and how she's able to use them to manipulate Barry to her advantage. Um, and the fact like there's well there's a lot of theories, and I guess you can talk about that more in predictions about the flower being. A telepathic, narcotic, and everything like that. Um, I'm gonna claim that I was right in my prediction last week about how we didn't get Iris' feelings pre-crisis because Eric was planning to utilize that post-crisis through Mirror Iris, and that seems to be the case. Um, and it's for me. I don't think it's just like her crisis feelings about Barry dying, but maybe also her other insecurities. Like it's been a running joke for seasons now that Iris doesn't know how to cook and she can't cook, even though she wants to be able to. Um, or her having to, like, bite her tongue or kowtow to Barry's overprotectiveness and not do what she wants to do and not be as reckless as she probably would be in general. And I feel like all of those are coming out and being explored through her mirror image, which is really, really interesting and makes it, um, I don't know, there's just, like, a lot of, like, complexities and intricacies within the story that they're able to do using these, like, mirrors. And so I hope that, well, never mind. I'll talk about that later in predictions. So, moving on. You what did not spark joy for you <laughs> yeah very little did not spark
1: joy because it was such a joyful episode as we have all pointed out but um i guess my question would be like why is frost suddenly so into valentine's day why is she concerned about alex allegra getting valentine love like, it's just it was kind of like a random, like, yes, but we need to fit this into the theme of the episode. And Frost and Allegra are what's left over because Cisco and Ralph are not here this week, which is another thing. Like, I don't like that we don't get to check in on Cisco. Like, if this was actually a plot point, a story like plot
2: point, been, then... like his first, like, Valentine Well, I don't know if it's their first, but away from like Camilla, and like, there's no. Yeah,
1: exactly anyways right i mean so there's that like it it would have made more sense
0: for for frost to like be talking to camilla over maybe cisco being away or something yes
1: yes camilla and cisco is a dynamic that you'd want to put in the valentine's day episode not allegra and some dude that we don't know we don't care about this dude nothing she she couldn't even say a single interesting thing about that relationship the only interesting thing about it which i put a ship on my likes was when she revealed that the reason that she didn't pursue it was because she was you know a meta. Didn't want to tell him that she was a meta or whatever. Like, I was like, "Oh, those insecurities are something that's interesting about Allegra." But the fact that we had to explore those insecurities through some dude whose name I cannot remember um, was unnecessary. It, the um, chick
2: from like episode ten, the Jitters girl, that the whole reopening—that's the girl that he was seeing in Jitters. Mm-hmm. So uh,
1: well, good. So for where's her. Chester? Good for getting
2: another check. <laughs> yeah, good for
0: exactly.
1: Continuity. For Is her.
0: that Natalie? Is that the
2: same? Yeah, yeah. That? Natalie
1: it wasn't Nat- no it wasn't natalie was no it? wait
0: natalie no it's not natalie okay natalie
1: okay. took the chester liked. the chester like no that was a different yeah thing. i think i think, I it, think it was, was. The same girl. I,
0: are I, you yeah. sure we should go back it looked and- a lot like when i saw her I, I thought of chester so i don't know
1: okay we'll have to go back and check because if that is <laughs> natalie then that's hilarious yeah but anyway i take everything back I, that, I my that i but' my first thought i was like natalie.
0: oh natalie moved on <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, she has a right to move on. Because <laughs> she, she was never... She's over Chester because she was never under Chester. But anyway... <laughs> um, <laughs> so... So, yeah. I didn't care about some dude. And I don't feel like those securities for Allegra needed to be explored through some dude. I, I feel like, while I said I like that Frost is, you know, looking out for the people and trying to, like, spread some happiness or whatever, isn't Frost trying to live her life? Like, wouldn't yeah. a plot be frost trying to get a date
2: because i said my likes like i like that it wasn't about her but then all at the same time i kind of wish it was about her
1: (laughs) yeah like it wouldn't it would have made sense to me like here i am let me rewrite the flash let me just do a better job if the (laughs) reason that she was looking for frost like frost was looking for allegra to get a date was because she wanted a date like she wanted to like and she didn't feel confident in like you know going to ask someone out for the same reason that allegra didn't feel confident about this dude and then they could you know, and then they would both help each other and then that would be cute. It was still cute. But I'm just saying, like, I thought it was weird. that It could be cuter. (laughs) Exactly. It could have been cuter. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So anyway, aside from that, um, I I don't, like, I, I mentioned Cisco wasn't there, which, you know, obviously, we know that he wasn't there for whatever Carlos reason isn't there. But it's just so obvious to me that it's not an actual storytelling choice. Because if you wanted to tell a story of Cisco going out to explore what's up with earth, you would be following him on that. You know, yeah. we'd be getting to see the differences and it would be something interesting. We'd at least, you could at least give us like an update from a fucking email from Cisco Cisco's blog post, you know, of like <laughs> what's changed, but no, um, nothing. So that was lame. And then also second week in a row, I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, where's Ralph? Is Ralph. Okay. Does anyone care about what Ralph is doing? <laughs> can't believe I just said that, but I, it is weird. that it's not even a mention. Like, he's just looking for Sue. He's really bad at his job. He's had one PI case the entire season, and he has not yet solved it. But that's fine. <laughs>
0: anyway. And I'm convinced he won't until she decides to, like, show back up on her own. Right.
1: Exactly. She'll just come in, like, oh, yeah, I know you've been looking for me, and I figured I'd stop like, you giving you such a hard too time. wrong,
2: so I'm exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Oh, my God. Um, and then for the main plot, which I mostly, like, I mean, I loved everything about it. I think the only thing would just be that it sucks that it's took not Iris for us to get a plot like this for Iris. <laughs> Especially this season. Like it's like we've never gotten one like this. Like the first time would probably be two twelve, you know? Well actually one oh six. One six, two twelve, maybe like three eleven, right? Like once mm-hmm. a season, maybe we get a plot with like this for Iris. Um but this is probably the one that's like to the most expansive and the one where she got to really say her point of view, her piece. Um, the most succinctly and, uh, in a way that was totally understood and respected. And it was not, it was not Iris. So, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but I guess we'll see. We'll see how it plays out from here on out, but that's all. It's just, it's just one of those like, oh, I wish this had already happened. I wish this wasn't the first time I was seeing this kind of things.
0: Yeah. I will say like, I know, I mean, I've seen like little rumblings about, the whole consent issues and things like that. But I want to hold off on. Yeah. yeah, I want to, I want to hold off on that because I don't know, like they, they still haven't explained mirror Iris to us. We know she's a little bit different, but like so far from what we're seeing, she's still also the same in a lot of ways. So I feel like it's, it's a little preemptive to get in our feelings about what will happen in the future, that may not happen anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I really agree with the, the Frost point. I forgot to mention that I did actually – I didn't, like, mind the subplot at all. It was very enjoyable for the most part, and it wasn't really as like, annoying yeah. as I thought. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot it. I forgot it. But you guys, you ladies did a wonderful job explaining all the things you did like in my place. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was a little bit random because, like Tati said, Frost should be out living her own life, and we haven't really gotten to see that since, like, 3-3. Um, she's just kind of been kicking it somewhere else. <laughs> so it would be, like, really cool to see her actually, like, talk, talk, talk to people outside of uh, the Team Flash crew so that she could also, like, become an actual person and maybe make friends or get into, like, some random, I don't know, have experiences, like, even talking to regular people and she'll just you know say something weird or whatever the case you know just do that um and also like the whole Nash thing is the most interesting part about that entire um subplot was the fact that Harry showed up (laughs) and we don't know why and that was the most interesting thing about it because everything else about Nash right now is kind of like stalling because I still get weirded out over him and his obsession with Allegra because now he's like laying it on thick where he wasn't laying it on thick before. And I can't seem to understand that, but maybe the hairy part of it will come into play. So I don't know, but these are like minor things in general. Um Just they could have fit better into the episode, Um but they didn't, they didn't like completely take me out either because they still, it was still about Valentine's day. So
2: yeah. There was not one thing that I disliked about the episode. Like like not even Nash could ruin this episode for me. But there are things that could have been better. Um, I don't I don't understand how he does not see how creepy he is from Allegra's perspective. Like, you're an old man with like what someone would call like an unhealthy fixation on a girl that might not be old enough to legally drink yet. Like we had like yet yeah, last week um Allegra like brought like a bottle of champagne to celebrate their story or whatever and Camilla was like, Are you even old enough to drink? And she didn't really answer. So answer is like obviously no. So for someone that is not even like twenty one, you have this like you have like one conversation with a dude who gave you a pep talk and now he won't leave you alone. And other people can see it because like Cisco last week was like like insinuated like naturally only here to be around Allegra. And so it's just like you were just really like it's creepy <laughs> and I, I like I don't understand like how he doesn't see that or how it hasn't been like addressed yet like of course she thinks you're weird and that she doesn't want to be around you you're showing up at her workplace like you just seem like a stalker and so I kind of want that to be the whole daddy daughter thing parallel world or whatever just reveal it now because it's just like very very weird otherwise um yeah so Nash needs to just step I'm glad that Frost that, like I guess that is one thing. I'm glad that Frost actually kind of figured out where he was coming from. So maybe we're on the way to it being like all the way revealed. But um yeah, it's just like from a third party perspective. It's and, it, and I even know what the real reason is, but just like it's uncomfortable for Allegra. <laughs> and so I would like for it to not be uncomfortable for her. Um other like little nitpicks. At the bar where uh, um, Amy's bar, which was like a sausage fest by the way, like come on, we could get some more like actors in there because there was just like dudes and one lesbian, <laughs> and that was it. I was like come on, this is kind of like lame. But anyway, Iris ordered a whiskey neat. Which is apparently the go to drink for to down like a fish to prove that you're like hard or whatever. <laughs> like, like every time like someone wants to be like, Oh, I had a bad day, give me a bottle of whiskey and then like drowning it. Like that is not how whiskey works. <laughs> and you know it. Um <laughs> Yeah. It would take me like an
0: hour to drink one glass.
2: Oh my god. The way that it burns. <laughs> like there's no way. Um anyway, but like even her whiskey, that like that is not a whiskey, ma'am. It was like lightly colored dirty water <laughs> it was barely brown and i know bars like water down their drinks to make money but like damn like that was just like nothing so that was just i'm, I'm like nitpicking very 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 much just, like nitpicking but that was not a whiskey <laughs> do better tv people add some more caramel food coloring in there i don't know um well i enjoyed the the minor plot um I can't, like I, like you were saying earlier, I just can't help but feel like that I really need to see Frost help Allegra with boy troubles when she's, like, literally only five months old herself. Like, she's only been in the world for, like, a short time, and we've had, like, the purpose for her being the primary in the situation was for her to, like, live her life, and, um, you know, I'm not. I'm very far from any kind of like Frost Dan or Frost apologist or whatever. But I do feel like the writers are like wasting her time in the real world. Um, I low key feel like she has been brought to the forefront because maybe Eric, Eric likes her more than than uh, Caitlin. Which, I mean, I like her more than Caitlyn, So maybe I'm projecting. I don't know. But it almost feels like we haven't really seen her do much aside from being stuck in Star Labs and doing the same thing that Caitlyn does. So, like, what was the point of, like, bringing her out? Um, her storyline just kind of seemed to be stuck in neutral at the moment. She had, like, one birthday party, and that was it. That was all the life she wanted to live at that moment. Um, and I just feel like I would have preferred if the story... Like, I know I said that I like that the story, for once, wasn't focused on her, but I do feel like this could have been one where it was semi-focused on her, like, Frost trying to get a date, or, like, Frost being excited about Valentine's It's the first time that she can go out and find somebody. Um, it would have been nice to see, like, her and Allegra kind of be, like, a wing woman for each other, or, like, something that gave me some, like, new insight on how Frost, as an individual, is different from Caitlin. Um So I do think that that was a missed opportunity. I don't know if it has, you know, just the timing lined up bad with Danielle's pregnancy, and them having to write around that or not but it does feel like Frost is kind of just coasting when she should be having some kind of personal character development every episode she she should at
1: least be living her best life since that's why she's in the driver's seat
2: exactly so Mm -hmm. why why is she not that is the question that should be answered and it isn't Um, yeah But moving on to feedback, we had some feedback from everybody. Celeste, Paulina, Suara, and Cheyenne. So, May, could you please give us the highlights?
0: Indeed. So I'll start with Celeste. She says, hello. Um, she's going to give us her thoughts on 610 and 611. So very briefly for 610, she thinks that um, it was her favorite midseason premiere. Iris got a good amount of screen time, and I love how she's being tied into the main villain's arc. We got a Joan Iris scene. It's been 84 years. <laughs> yes, it has. In 611, she says, this episode was still good. I don't know how I feel about Amunet's storyline in this ep. It kind of fell flat for me, but I loved everything involving Iris and West Allen. Um, that ending had me, all of my feelings, Iris having to watch Barry interact with another version is what, is that what we're calling her mirror Iris? Yes. I think that is the consensus. Um, another version of her was hard to watch the way her voice started breaking towards the end of the clip was. Yes, it was tragic. <laughs> um, honestly, not even going to lie, mirror iris almost had me fooled a few times the way Candace incorporated subtle things such as facial expressions and stuff uh, to make you remember that it wasn't our iris made it even more interesting. I really hope Ava and Iris serve a Marlee's and Iris type dynamics starting next episode. It was one of the few things I enjoyed about season four, and it's kinda sad that Iris barely has any friends, so fingers crossed. And then finally, Allegra and Frost's plot was eh to me. It would have been a little more interesting if they would have had made if they had made Allegra gay or bi, which they can still yeah. do, but as <laughs> but as right now, as of right now it doesn't seem that way. The Flash has no LGBT representation whatsoever aside from Nora, and they dusted her before they could explore her sexuality, so yeah. And the fact that they made her ex some bland white guy just made me roll my eyes. Sorry, not sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I, th- I think I saw a couple of people that were kind of annoyed that they finally, like, they assumed or thought that Allegra was going to be LGBT representation, and it turns out that she wasn't, or mm-hmm. she she might still be, but not in, not in this episode, so... Yeah, I feel like if they didn't really address
0: it now, they're not going to bother coming back and doing that over again.
2: Right. Because this is, like, and the only the time we'll get Allegra
0: like, in a relationship. Again, like,
2: with Frost, like, there you could have gotten, like, Frost being attracted to a woman, which she totally is. You know, I, I stand by that in in my head canon. But we didn't get that either, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: And she wonders uh, our thoughts about whether we think the Harry at the end is actually Harry Wells or Harrison OG Wells. Yeah, I have thoughts about
2: that. Thoughts so that we'll I will get to that, that and I to will predictions.
0: Explore. Yes. Moving on to Paulina. Uh, she said that she's not going to do likes and dislikes. She's just going to give us one big thought, <laughs> but numbered. Numbered thoughts. I think whenever Flash embraces the silliness, it's often fun. This episode was chock, was chock full of cringing mo- cringy moments, but there were also so many scenes where I was honestly laughing out loud. And I don't remember the last time I genu- genuinely had a blast watching an episode of the show. Uh, Mira iris is a badass bitch the way she struts into the bar in slow-mo and in leather and just bashes a bottle over some guy's head downs a shot and get a job gets a job offer to be a bouncer it was a stuff of legends i forgot to mention <laughs> did everybody call out banana because that was hilarious that whole scene of Barry doing the banana code, which I love that they it, it, ran with that it, it joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she's also exceptionally manipulative. The way that she capitalizes on centering the conflict between her and Barry on him not allowing her to grow to basically throw him off from figuring out something is very very clearly not right was a brilliant move. Candace in general deserves all the awards. I definitely sound like a broken record as I say this without fail every single season, but seriously, this argument the argument, if you can call it that, between Barry and Mirror Iris, Candace's acting in that scene had me by the neck she knocked it out of the park, and Mira Iris was laying down some hard truths. The West Island content was high quality, if I do say so myself. It's Mirror Iris, I know, but the last ten minutes just had me cheesing. The way Barry and Iris smile at each other before she collapses into his arms after they resolve the Amunet versus Goldface gang war. The breakfast scene, the ongoing banana, banana gag. <laughs> um, the final scene where Iris tells Barry he's her lightning rod as well, and Barry hugs her as if he never wants to let go, ever. The cutest, sweetest, sappiest lovebirds. Um. Yeah, I made the Alexa reference, so it would be remiss of me not to point out that Barry and Iris are rich, rich. Nice product placement there, Flash. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Barry's powers of weirding out probably has something to do with the whole death of the Speed Force situation when Wally returns. I'm less inclined that it has something to do with Iris not being there as much as I would love for that to be the case, mainly because we saw his powers acting up from the previous episode. I have thoughts on that too, so I'll get I'll get to that later. Thank you, Paulina and Celeste. Moving on to Suarez's feedback for the Flash. He says, The Flash this week was fantastic. Um, again could do without rip off Elsa and rip off Indiana though and hate Cisco's absence. It was another superb Iris and Barry episode, even though this technically wasn't our iris. It really seemed like this mirror version of her incorporated her thoughts and memories. What she said to Barry this episode was truly what the real iris would have said. Um Having Barry be confronted with Iris' raw emotions that had been building up pre, during, and post-crisis was immensely gratifying. Iris was badass, cracking the case of what Amunet, Um he's like, I liked her this episode. What <laughs> was up to? And worked almost entirely in tandem with Barry to do it. Uh, seeing them work out their issues and having Barry recognize how much Iris has grown was everything. And then for Shy 1 – she says, it's been busy. I missed the deadline to get my feedback in last week, so I'm trying to ensure I carve out some time this week to send in something. First and foremost, I have to say I'm really enjoying the back half so far. I love that I don't know what the hell is going to happen next and trying to come up with theories as what I think is going to happen. That's been fun. Um, so refreshing to have this feeling again about the show. I will start off by saying we don't know for sure if this new Iris is evil. I hear and see fans calling her evil Iris, but she hasn't done anything evil. I think it's Iris, but un an uninhibited version of her. So Barry's still with his wife, just a different version. I'm seeing some crazy theories about this possibly being Ava. I highly doubt that. (laughs) I enjoyed the A plot a lot. Some of the amulet, amunet gold face stuff was a bit over the top and cringe at times, but there was cute and funny moments as well. We finally get to hear Iris express her feelings, uh, stressing out about the pot and uh, Barry looking confused and in his feelings, not knowing which end is up, stressing out about, about the possibility that iris is going apart from him you can see the stress how stressed he is while talking to joe about it and joe giving another one of his amazing speeches as for barry he has no idea there's a mirror world iris is different but not completely out of character she has really good explanations for her behaviors the earth was just reborn so there's bound to be changes to people barry knows the consequences of time changes um so he can easily contribute these changes to that the point is he is uh, he senses something is off but he doesn't have enough information to just automatically think this isn't his wife why is Nash acting like a creeper towards Allegra if she's a doppelganger of his daughter? <laughs> why can't he just say so? To me, it will become extremely awkward the longer he waits to reveal that To reveal that if that's indeed the case. Just seems so strange. Um, her prediction is that Barry finds out about Iris in 612. Iris will get out of the mirror world in 613. I would hate for her to miss out on her brother coming to town. Also curious about what's happening with Barry's powers. I'm thinking Godspeed Black Hole may be behind this weirdness with Barry's powers, um, um, yep, yeah. And those are Shai's thoughts. We will post all of these lovely thoughts to our Tumblr. So stay tuned for that. And now we will move into predictions.
2: Yes. What do we predict?
0: I predict. So I saw a good. This is not my solely my prediction, but I saw someone mention that um, Mer- mirror iris is an id. Yeah. Or, like, some part of Iris because there's like no right. way she would have all her memories if she wasn't. And since this is like a mirror version and not like a doppelganger, I think that she is basically our Iris, but like uh, more of a, a negative version of her. Like, she's, I guess, bolder, or ne- more willing to speak her like, feelings. Not really
2: like negative, but just like
0: I uninhibited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 But there's also like. Like she, I don't know. I'm so thrown off because, like, for on one hand, she did care about getting Immunet and Goldface back or having them it's resolve their feelings.
2: Very like, Bob Berry. like yes. that's not really different. Yeah, yeah. unless
0: you just sort of ditched him and ran. She's uh, just less I,
1: worried about the methods used to achieve the goals, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
0: and like and she I was also like earlier, didn't care about that guy who was about to be crushed, which was a little bit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I was like, you know, also (laughs) from like what I said earlier about like being like a mirror, like a reflection of like a lot of Iris's insecurities about like not being able to cook or whatever comes out through her mirror version. Like this version does know how to cook. So maybe there's Mm -hmm. something like Iris wishes that she was able to do that this mirror version can do or like, um, you know, the whole being a little bit more reckless than she normally would be and, and standing up to Barry and on her own two feet like those are the kind of stuff that maybe like our iris wishes that she did more of and that comes out like in her mirror version so i don't really think that it's a whole separate iris yeah you know i mean it's, i feel like it
1: can't, yeah. i just feel like it can't be because then you do get into those consent issues and you would have to have some kind of long-term fringe-esque angst about the fact that barry was with not his wife was with not iris Uh, and didn't know it was her and you know whatever
2: so like, it's it's kind of like the piece of her like her consciousness is stuck in the mirror but she's still out there Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yes yes
1: that is what i would imagine as well or or just you know it's a reflect it's a reflection of her etc whatever how are they going to explain it it is still our iris it's just a different it's just our iris with a different set of goals and or with a different amount of inhibition Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally I don't know in. what the goal is or like what the reason is for the mirror world because it seems like Ava's also trapped in it which makes it makes us wonder like
2: where's her mirror version? yeah
1: maybe if, if she is the mirror master I have to assume her, her husband is the one that trapped her in there to right. use her, to use the technology or the power or whatever and that's the reason why Ava is trapped there despite being mirror master
0: yeah yeah, but I agree with Shy about. I also think that Iris will be out by thir- the end of thirteen, um, because there was this, there was one clue that like Iris was fighting, like training for a fight or whatever. And I wonder if yeah. it's like she's battling herself, basically.
2: Ooh, um, yeah, I like yeah and, it. And- But if she's oh, out, no. wouldn't like her mirror version be back in the mirror? Or what? Like what? Because they were f- doing like the training for the fight scene for like sixteen.
0: Yeah, maybe they have. I don't know. It could be that they have to like fight each other to merge or something. Who knows?
2: Mm. But either way, like out that she would have to have tricked her version to get close enough to the mirror to pull her back in. Probably. Yeah. Um, would, either
1: way, fourteen is the first episode description since we got back that does not mention Iris, which is why I think mm-hmm. she's out of the mirror by then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and in terms
0: of Barry's powers, I think I mean I would also like like it if his the lack of his powers or something being up with his powers has to do with Iris. Um, primarily because like in six ten we did see that he has new powers, like he could just snap his fingers and create lightning, and we saw it again in this episode. But there's also like the negative stuff, so I feel like he can control it more, but when he was running around he was getting like really tired so i feel like he has there are negatives and positives to his powers right now also that could be connected to that
2: to iris or to the death of the speed force because i saw like some like people like um bringing up that maybe it's not necessarily iris but uh, like the fact that there's something rough about the speed force and then that kind of Mm -hmm. blows into like we had um anon ask about you know what are our thoughts on seeing Harry at the end? And I think I've also seen like a, a lot of other people kind of thinking the same way too. That what if it is like Eobard, like like Harrison Wells, but like it's Eobard and Wells's body from season one, which would be mm-hmm. great. I think that and that's kind of like where I'm leaning towards because like Nash, it's already set up so well that we know that you know Cisco blew up because all the other Nash, all the other Wellses are gone. Nash already feels having, like, an inferiority complex about him being the only Wells left when all these other Wells' were so much greater than he was. And then he sees, like, this, for a split second, this version of Wells that Cisco approved of so much more than him that looks like Harry Wells. Um, and then he's, like, gone immediately. So is he gone because he's a ghost, or is he gone because he's a fucking speedster? And it's it's Eobard. And then that would tie into maybe something being wrong with the Speed Force and the whole, like, death of the Speed Force and the reason why, like, Wally comes back and the reason why Barry is, like, out of breath or has, like, lightning shooting out of his hands at, when he's frustrated and stuff like that. So that's where I'm leaning more towards. It it goes... Mm-hmm. It, it works on, like, multiple levels of it being, like, you know, Natchez inferiority but then not giving away that it might actually be Eobard in Wells' body. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah i think my only clue for the iris thing was like she repeated the lightning rod line but that could just be like and it had distinct I mean, like
2: be, yeah, enter, enter with, flash like, how, time right that uh, could be something to do with vibes. how like barry realizes that it's not his iris but i think i i did, i feel like i'm kind of leaning more towards like his issues with his powers is more towards like death of speed force and agreed I think it's back, and then probably, yeah, they're
1: just the hints leading to the yeah. next arc, yeah.
2: yeah. Any other, however, side the side speed force dying
1: part. while Iris is trapped, you know, it's coincidence, <laughs> I like <did> exactly, <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. So it's all but connected, doesn't that <laughs> have, like fall back into like black hole? Because I think even in the comics, like, and it, it'll, it'll pull into Godspeed because wasn't Godspeed involved in black hole or? Related to Black Hole, I can't remember. I believe so. I vaguely remember the comic storyline, but you know, then we had like at at one point he is working
1: for Black Hole, yeah,
2: right. That was what they had. Up the season, we had Fake Godspeeds that that were not answered, like questions that were thrown out and not answered. And now we're in like Black Mm -hmm. Hole and Death of the Speed Force coming up. So I feel like it's all gonna if it comes together like we think it's gonna come together, it's gonna be really great. Okay, and now we're going to move over to side B, which is Legends of Tomorrow and Black Lightning. Classic carry slash liability. So first Mm -hmm. up, we have Legends of Tomorrow. Um, The episode is titled Say Anything. When the legends discover a new encore, Sarah, Rory, and Ava. I feel like the new encore is like a slash of like Freddy Krueger and Mike Meyer. So it's like Freddy Meyer. That was exactly his name. (laughs) Yes, that was was a thing. I got that. Very nicely done, (laughs) Legends writers. Um, Anywho, uh, Sarah, Rory, and Ava, who is an avid serial killer fan, has a podcast, Stabcast, it's called, end up crashing a high school reunion uh, in an attempt to stop a serial killer from finishing unfinished business. The Legends or the rest of the Legends, because <laughs> they are also Legends, but the rest of the Legends devise a plan to send Nate, Ray, Nora, and Behrad to end their hostage, Zari, back further back in time to 1989 to try to intervene in order to save everyone, including them. So Ray's plan is to reform young Freddy krueger Mike, <laughs> in 1989 so that he does not become an encore and continue his slashing spree in 2004. Meanwhile, Constantine and Gary is annoyed that Charlie has been squatting in his old home, um, but it might be the blessing in disguise that they were looking for. How? I do not know. <laughs> Maybe that's continued in the next episode. <laughs> this episode was, writ- was directed by Alexandre LaRoche and written by Matthew Mala and Tyron B. Carter. So, cool. Nineteen eighties movie references and 2004 fourness in Central City, which means West Allen. We're in high school, so we should have <laughs> seen West Allen Roman the halls, but well, we didn't because it was a right. like, special reunion party. But anywho, this episode, Legends, what sparked joy? <laughs> uh,
0: well, I actually really enjoyed. For I don't know what they're doing with Ava this this season because I. <laughs> I'm quite enjoying her little arc. So this week, it's like she's obsessed with serial killers for some reason, which is interesting and sort of disturbing at the same well, time. she's always
2: been obsessed with serial killers. Even like last season, she was obsessed with them. So yeah. So it's just like a continuation they're... of a that. Nice little bit of con- yeah. continuity. Yeah, yeah, but the
0: yeah. fact that she has like a podcast, this is that's new information.
2: Hey, let's, not, is... let's not down
0: podcasts. <laughs> 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 she's so, one of us. She has a podcast about murders. <laughs> I think we can say ours is a little bit better than that. Not (laughs) about murderers. So that was really funny because she's like really hyped about actually getting to uh, go face-to-face with a serial killer, which is also, again, super creepy. Um, I actually really enjoyed... The fact that – because I was about to (laughs) – I was about to be really mad. I was like, is Legends trying to convince me that you can go back in time try to reform serial killers and that they were all just bullied and they just decided to, like, gun people down and that's it? Like, okay, sure. We'll go with that. But thankfully, that was not the case. So I I like that. They kind of flipped it. So it was not what I expected, um, in the yeah, sense that yeah, there's a
2: little bit of like Norman Bates in there so, with like the whole mother thing,
0: mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, but I'm I'm really happy basically that they didn't make the guy like just change his mind um in that split okay. second because that would have made no sense to me. Um, so he was always just a geeky kid who was bullied, but like he came out of it on the other side with. Good. The best of intentions. (laughs) So that was great. I really, really liked the fact that finally we got Nora. She came back and that she was like the hero of this episode, essentially, because she is the fairy godmother and she was like really resenting her job. But in this episode, we got to see her actually help children because we've been hearing about it for the last two episodes off screen. And then she finally gets uh, an arc where she gets to be what she's supposed to be in this moment, but instead of like resenting it and being bitter, she sees like the impact that she's having on children. And it was really great that she got to interact with, um, what's his name? Freddie, you said? Can't remember. Freddie Mercury. Um, Freddie
1: Mercury. Yeah. Freddie Freddie Mer- no. Freddie
0: Mercury. No.
1: Jason- <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Freddie- <Crier>. Jason- <laughs> <laughs> Myers. Freddie Myers. Freddie Myers.
0: <laughs> it was really great that she got to interact with him and that he also like was really grateful to her for helping him out and that he sort of helped her see her purpose as fairy godmother and and all the good that she could do so that was really really nice um i quite enjoyed the fact that though zari was in prison she actually got to like there was little hints that she's still zari or like something is being uncaged in her mind um about her former self because she was trying to like get out of the She's trying to get out of the ship's room and she was able to hack her way out, which is something old Zari would have done. So that was great. It was like a little nod to, oh, maybe she's getting her memories back. So it was a little really exciting. And the fact that she got herself like stuck in um a limo with all these kids and she's about to like she's worried about her service. But um I think that Tyler Ash is really playing her comedic like timing really, really well this season. I think that she's really funny and I'm glad that we're getting to see all of that. Plus, I'm glad that her and Behrad really got to bond because they sort of saw each other's different sides um to the story like he like his parents really worry about him. they always ask about him because they're secretly worried. He's been in business school for five
2: years. That is bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll discuss that in my dislike. That is bullshit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just like a generally fun episode where everybody got to like do their own little thing finally Mick had something. So yay, Mick maybe I was hoping that he would just go off and like marry this girl so we can all just he can have <laughs> something going on in his life. <laughs> now that he no longer has Rebecca Silver.
1: <laughs> uh well I mean mine are pretty much the same. <laughs> I love first off the name Slay Anything was great. Um but it made me expect that we were going to go back to the eighties. And, of course, it was 2004, so it was funny that it was, you know, 2004, but, like, as seen through the prism of John Hughes movies, John Hughes meets John Carpenter, as they so uh, succinctly put it. Um, I loved that. So all the shout-outs and references were great. Ava's podcast was hilarious, and especially the fact that none of them had heard it. Like, nobody supports Ava in this house. And then was it Nate who was listening to it? He was like, this is great. Yeah. That was super funny. Um, I loved, I loved that bit. Um, but I also, since I was expecting it to be like a real hellish historical figure, that I was like, is there really a serial killer whose name was Fre- Freddie Myers? It's like that can't be right. I even googled it, and I was like, nope, it's literally just <laughs> Freddie Krueger and Mike Myers. Silly Rabbit, <laughs> I got you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, um, I like like May, I was very concerned that they were going to be like, oh, serial killers just need a hug, and then maybe they won't be serial killers, and I was like, that's okay. I mean, that's something. Um, and then by the end of the episode, like, once it was like three four, so way through the episode, and I was like, okay, well maybe it's just like, I guess it's cute, because Nora, is- Nora had her own second chance and she's giving out a second chance, so I liked that, and I was willing to just like let it slide, but then thankfully they did the twist with the mom. Um, and then I was like, that poor kid. Oh my god. Not only did he just go to jail and like, you know, thankfully he doesn't anymore now, but in some lifetime, in some timeline, he, you know, went to like <laughs> um the death penalty just to protect yeah, his crazy jail serial jail killer mom. mom. And then she still died yeah. at the same time.
2: She still
0: died at the same time, yeah. She still died at the same time.
1: And then she came back from hell and murdered everybody again. Like, damn woman. Um, so yeah, that mom is crazy. But it was it was a fun twist. Um also uh, this is like a big like for me that like Mick finally had a purpose for once in his life. um. So he went to that school. So that was fun. That was fun first that he went to that school at that time. So it was actually his class reunion. Um, And how have we like literally never heard about this? Like you'd think that this would have actually been like something that explains some of his personality. <laughs> One of his <laughs> classmates murdered like half the class. <laughs> right. You'd think that would have some kind of <laughs> effect on him as a person. Yeah, yeah. And he was almost there, but he did he had chicken out and he's like, damn, either either he's like, damn, I was right to chicken out, or damn, if I had been there, maybe I could have done something. You know? Either way, either way, uh, it it added an interesting element to his personality that I can now retcon into his previous activity. Um and also I did enjoy the little uh setup with him and girl whose name I've forgotten Alice Ali. Uh, okay. Yeah. So like that was fun. It gave him like, you know, gave him feelings and then I even felt bad like when like she got stabbed and, like right in front of him and I was like, no, save her. So um I like that. I don't know that I need them like, you know, making out at the end or whatever, but whatever. You do you guys. So so this is probably like like the first time in two years that I've liked a Mick plot. So it is it's big news. Big news. Um anyway. Uh aside from Ava being delightful <laughs> um i did enjoy i did enjoy the whole like prom night um thing like everyone going back to the prom night everyone you know and dressed up for class reunion and also clearly not being part of that class at all um but mostly i liked how much of a role nora got to play thank god that she was finally back um and like you already said it plays in the same kind of themes you know she's looking she's giving people second chances because she got a second chance and then we see how proud Ray is of her, and then also just how fulfilled she feels on her own. So it's nice that to think that they almost killed her off. Hopefully they do not kill her off. Still, hopefully they just let her go off, like done with fairy godmothering, and so now Ray and I can go on vacation to the Bahamas indefinitely or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, also, uh, I liked. I just liked how the plot was, like, reverse Carry. That was, like, fun. But they're like, oh, what if we prevented (laughs) what if Sue and Sue actually succeeded in preventing the uh, prom night disaster? Um, So that was good. Uh, On the Zari side, I was very happy to see her sort of hack her way out of the situation. Because we see that there's getting glimmers of her other personalities and her other life coming. So we can I guess that that means that we can merge the Zari's when the time comes. Because I like this life that Zari has led. I don't want her to unlead this life. But we obviously want our Zari at the same time. Um, but Tala Ash has been doing a great job of playing of playing new Zari, that new Zari is still is really fun. She's got break me kind, but also she's still you can see that she is very smart, and she is someone who like takes her work seriously, even if work would seem silly to others, <laughs> Um Also, yeah, I like how we got a little deeper into the sibling dynamic, right? And that they are actually both kind of, like, jealous of each other in a way. And the knowledge of why Vehrad's parents are <laughs> <laughs> so concerned about him. <laughs> um, which, obviously, you know, I don't know how any parent would believe that As an or older nubby. sibling,
2: I still call bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how any parent would believe that uh, their son was in, like, like how is he? Is he just, like,
2: faking the, like, deposits? Like, I don't right, know. Like, where is I don't the know. money going? Like, is, like <laughs> who's going to give him a scholarship to, like, be in business school for five years? Come on. I don't know what's going on Where's there, the but... money, <laughs> Show me the money.
1: But I like I like the push and pull between them. And I am glad that they're both kind of going to get to stay there for now. I don't want to have to choose one over the other. Although, obviously, I will choose Zari if I have to. But I don't want to. I'd like to have both. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, is there anything else? Oh, I like that Charlie was there. I'm glad we got to see Charlie. Um, I guess I'm glad that... Um astro's mother will come into play somehow i guess that's of interest to me um so hopefully uh you know constantine can like fix this whole family situation maybe <laughs> maybe he can save two souls for the price of one
2: and also all of hell so that'd be great all right that's that on that I don't really have anything new to add to this conversation because y'all hit pretty much like all the. <laughs> I feel like definitely Mick's storyline was when it finally felt like he had something um, in his post Rebecca Silver World. So that was like something that was actually added to the plot because a lot of the time and I feel like we had some people, some Mick Defense Squad people <laughs> in our inbox recently. Like, what's wrong with Mick? And it's just, like, there's – I mean, there's nothing really wrong with him because he hasn't really done anything. Like, they don't let him do anything, but he's still on, like, the roster and still is around. So – and for a while he had the book writing thing. It's, like, a continuing plot line that added some depth to his character. But then when Mona took that and it's kind of like, well, now he's back to square one, and I feel like in this episode there was another – opportunity to reveal another layer of mixed personality and the fact that he does care about people um has had romantic feelings for someone a girl named Allie that you know it's like a a missed opportunity so um his like getting really anxious and wanting to like patrol the halls protect Allie and then like her dying in front of him all of that kind of stuff I, I felt kind of bad when he got burnt to Chris left afterwards. Like that's there's a nice bill up there. So that when he died, it was like Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So I I thought that was a good episode for him. Ava, of course, continues to be um strong writing for her. I like the continuation of her obsession with like serial killers and stabbing and death and all that kind of stuff. And, like, how she was, like, really excited that she got to be, like, a final girl. (laughs) Um. So that was cool. Um. Nora being a big part of the episode and the way that they incorporated her and her being her fairy godmother and her going from it being, like, a a tiring, exhausting job. Like, a 9-to-5. I did think it was, like, really cute when, um, she, like, came home, quote-unquote, and Ray's like, alright, kick your feet up, we're gonna put on. Which... Thank God Gideon didn't play his choice of music because Gideon knew that it was like horrible. <laughs> 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 you know, he's trying to be like romantic for his partner, and she's just like, "I'm I'm tired. I just want to go to bed." And okay. you know, kind of like kind of got at least like old married couple vibe. And um, her job went from something that she just went to because she had to to the end her seeing kind of the uh bright side about what she can do to help these kids. I really liked her in the prom. I thought she was awesome. There's that one gift that they use with her, like pointing and like dancing behind the d j booth and like that's like my favorite gift of her maybe now um, <laughs> it's just she just looks cool. I like it um and i think I think it's really it was really important, just in a sense that her job as a fairy godmother wasn't something that she chose. Or she's kind of like duped into it. So, this is the first time you're actually kind of seeing her not only help the team in their encore leak the situation, but also kind of, um, you know, it adds another step in her journey and that she is finally like loving herself and loving her job and loving all this other stuff. So, that was really, really good. Um, Zari, I. <laughs> is Zari older than Beharat? Because I think she is. And I feel I like that so. she gives off like really big older sister energy, and I connect with it so much. Um, so I was really, I like that we got we getting to see a lot of um, the sibling dynamic between them, and the you know getting it all out in the open, all the resentment and the mixed feelings. Um, and I like that she is a little bit more interested now. Than she was before, and like what all is going on, and that she wanted to kind of stick around. Um, I, I find all her little like she's got like a shoe deal and a dragoness dragon, and I'm, I have to like keep reminding myself that she is dragon girl, and that's why like she has all these things, and like she had this one line where she's talking about on she hasn't clapped back at Blue Ivy on cat chat I'm like Blue Ivy is a child <laughs> and that her mouth is like, oh, wait, like 2040 so right. she's probably not now they probably are the same age so <laughs> I think all that, that kind of stuff was was really cute and then I just want to mention Constantine because he wasn't really in the episode so yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not going to mention anything over there because it didn't really matter What did not spark joy?
0: Um, Jessica's going to take the older sibling uh, perspective. I'm going to take the sexism perspective (laughs) because with Bharat, it's like, it's always, we joke about it, but like, yes, sometimes parents will quote unquote favor the son because he is the boy. (laughs) So he can get away with many things all the time while they're like much harsher on the their daughter so that is seems to be the case with um zari and her brother and it's like no matter so far that we've seen no matter what she does she can't seem to really get their approval even though this episode proved that she's like super smart too you know and Uh so i can't imagine like how his parents aren't um wondering what it is like they're not questioning more what he's doing, you know, like even if right. he's there's a, like a double standard there, but like they can't possibly think that
2: <laughs> he's
0: he's just like chilling in college forever. So I don't know how he's gonna explain that to them, but that's yeah. Um and in general I would I would like to see like more of their relationship and hopefully okay. that will happen now that she's more part of the team, I guess, uh moving forward. Um I Was happy to see Charlie, but at the same time, I didn't think, like, she took the jump ship to go squat in Constantine's house. Like, I know that she's a free spirit and whatever, she's doing whatever she wants, but would she ever have, you know, come come back if he hadn't shown up? And also, for something kind of important, I feel like Constantine's storyline was cut short. I don't know if it was because of Maisie's schedule or whatever that they wrote it like, so, like such a small part of the episode because I feel like it's taking, it's time to get there and I know that Legends does that but there's also like less episodes as well and I feel like I still would like to see maybe an episode of Astra's background rather than just like Constantine trying to find answers. So oh, I also still don't like this that the fact that we ha- we aren't seeing Ray and Mona's relationship happen on screen for the most part except for this episode, and even then they've been occupied with doing other things. Oh, sorry, not Mona. What am I saying? Nora. Nora. Nora.
2: God. Yeah, Nora <laughs> and Nora. Ray.
0: That and no, still, no mention, of, still <laughs> no mention of Mona either, so I guess yeah. I don't know when she's coming back. <laughs> but they could at she's least not. talk about her new book or you know? Oh, well.
2: Is she not in any of the preview picks for any of Mona? Upcoming? I don't know. I'm just saying stuff, but I don't think they have any rush mm-hmm. to get her back.
1: Yeah. As far as I know, they don't. I mean, I, as far as I know, I don't know anything. But I feel like I feel like they definitely just sent her off. <laughs> like they're like, yeah. all right,
0: bye. Yeah. Uh-huh. and finally with the with the serial killer twist, it was a good twist. But I feel like it wasn't given enough uh, room to breathe. It was just there because it was a twist, rather than like actually getting into the mom, you know, being quote unquote crazy or whatever. And that's why she was like, "I love my son too much." And that's why I've decided to kill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why I've decided to kill.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, feel like if I... they had worked, if they could, if they had tried, they could have somehow worked that back towards like Astra and Constantine's dynamic mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. make it like thematic.
1: They could of have. Sacrifice. Yeah. But no, I agree with that. I do think the mom twist was like, it was just there to be a twist. It, it didn't really tell us anything. Um, and also, like, just imagine, like, that kid, you know, like, I don't know. After everything he's gone through, then it turns out his mom is actually, like, a crazy serial killer. I don't know. I feel like he must he must be having some feelings. But we don't care about his feelings. He is not relevant. So, oh, well. Um, aside from that, I I didn't like the way that they just plopped Charlie and Constantine in there. And it was, like, two scenes And it was just like, oh, this thing is through the door. I have to go to the door. And then Charlie was like, in my life that I have that y'all know nothing about, (laughs) I have also had these feelings. And now I will use those feelings that you don't know about because I'm not a person on this show, really, to help you go through this door
2: to talk to Astro's mother. It's kind of weird because like one of our anonymous was like, finally, they've you know, revealed that Charlie is pansexual representation. And I was like, yes, finally some good fucking food. And then I watched the episode. I'm like, wait a minute. Was, where was that? Did I y- thought the, the anon
0: was referencing some interview that they did because I didn't get oh. that from the, the, the episode either.
2: <laughs> so after a while, I was like, I'm really confused now. Like, where was it supposed to be? Yeah,
1: I think that that might have been an interview because if, if that was in the episode, we all three missed it. Because I did not hear that. Let me let me just. I'm gonna Google this because now I'm now I'm wondering. Charlie Legends of Tomorrow, pansexual. She's gender fluid, pansexual, but who said this? Low key, right. low key introduced. Okay, so yeah, I, I think it's just that she is not that she said that she was in the um, in the episode itself. Because I'm pretty sure all she said in the episode itself was. I too have feelings and am a person right who and, goes and things. That I'm writing things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, also, uh, why is the spirit of Astro's mother locked up in Constantine's house? What has Constantine done to Astro's entire fucking family? No
0: wonder she doesn't like Please, you, leave, sir. Leave black people alone. Leave <laughs> them alone. So, I'm very
1: concerned. <laughs>
0: I don't like that.
1: I mean, I hope it leads to something good, but for now, I'm like, "What is going on
2: here?" This is a really weird. uh, Every black person that he meets in in a horrible, horrible way. (laughs) His boyfriend, Astra. Astra. I'm sensing a pattern. Oh God. But yeah, so I was like, "Uh oh." Um, I
1: didn't like that. Uh, Aside from that, I mean, you know, I enjoyed it. I just think that it's a shame that we don't get more Nora and that, you know, we, yeah, I mean, so apparently someone said, why aren't we patient with the big bad for legends? I feel like I, Oh, maybe, maybe it's because this is me being impatient is me saying that they need to move along with the Astra thing and it's more, get more in depth with Astra. So I guess this would be continuing to be impatient. (laughs) Um, but I'm fine with like, you know, the adventure, the episodic nature, and even the quote-unquote filler of this episode, I just wish that the Astra stuff was given more weight and more backstory. And it's not like, like, because other episodes Constantine does get plenty of time to feel his feelings. I just would like him to feel more Astra feelings so that we can see what happened. (laughs) But that's all. Otherwise, I mean, I I enjoyed myself. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't shaking my fist while watching. I was planning to, I was planning to, because of the serial killer thing. But then they, you know, they got past me on that one. Like, you're not going to get mad at me for that, Tatiana. And I was like, okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I guess, like, I I feel like, because I didn't say anything about the Constantine plot, because I didn't care about it so much, because it was barely there. Um, But I feel like, you know, people are like, what? Like, obviously Maisie's Inn has a storyline, and, you know... She has like the a poster and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, like, I know she said that it was her favorite season, and I'm sure that's not because she's not in it. So I know she has something, but just you know, the her reintroduction back into the show in this episode was just like blink and you miss it almost. So I almost like feel like did did we need. This Constantine Charlie plot right here in this episode? Or you know, can we not have done that and had a whole big Constantine Astra thing in the next episode? Um I don't know. I just have, I don't feel like I like it added anything other than we found out where Charlie was for the past couple months. Um it was just there. Yeah. Uh and then I feel like with the whole Yeah. With the whole um, Zari and Behrad situation, it's just like, like I said, it is bullshit. Like his his attempt to like equate Zari's justified anger or like resentment with him. Like, well, they just like they know that you're fine. They they just worry about me. It's just like crap because that's not how you should worry about. Like, you should worry about that, and of course, but you should not like neglect the child that can. Fin- that's financially stable and will probably most likely be taking care of you in your old age so that's not a great idea parents <laughs> 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 you're you back in the wrong horse you know um but just like i agree with you may that there is like a little bit of like sexism in, in there and it comes out i think in the way that they play it too just because and i think that it, it's also, that he doesn't see it that way, and that is another reason why his argument comes up as weak sauce, because it is because he is the boy. And the fact that, you know, I feel like a lot of the stuff that he was throwing at Zari um just, like, hit more because... It was unfounded (laughs) in my opinion. Like she is like if you if you take a look back and objectively look at everything that she's done since becoming quote unquote dragon girl and the business that she's built and the way that her parents like dis like just don't even acknowledge that, you can you know, it's his argument really doesn't make any sense. Like, why wouldn't they be proud of her? She built their house pretty much. Like everything that they have is because of Zari and her dragon and the business that she built out of that so the fact that you know he was trying to be on like his high horse in this argument was just like ridiculous to me and you know the whole from the big sister energy like she's the one that's doing all the accomplishments she's getting out there she put she should have set the bar like super super high He's not able to rise to that. And so if he had played more of that angle, I could see. But then, like, his parents aren't playing into that angle because they're not being saying, like, Bahad, why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you have, like, your own business? Why have you been in college for five fucking years? Yeah, I
0: feel like it should have been more like the dynamic with yeah. the um, sisters in the good place, like Tahani and her sister, where the yes. parents are always yeah. like, you know, your sister is so amazing. <laughs>
2: That's, what are you doing I mean, with your life? <laughs> that seems like a more like accurate representation of the fight that they are trying to have. But because they were ignoring the fact that there's a sexism dynamic because out is a boy. And so they were like dancing around that. And that just made me more upset for Zari. <laughs> because not only is she the oldest and she's the more successful one, but, uh, but she's not getting any of that credit because she is also a girl. Kind of thing, mm-hmm. so yeah. that is like annoying. But I like Big Rod as a person, so I don't like dislike Big <laughs> I like him yeah, as a person. I
1: want sorry to take back her life and kill him.
2: <laughs> but in that, <laughs> episode, but in that so argument, much. like he was just on like the weaker foundation, and they kept trying to make it seem like it was equal, and it was not. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that is that on that. And I guess you know, <laughs> just like little nitpick or whatever. Um, and I feel like maybe some people in fandom feel this way as well. It seems like Ava's gotten more of the focus in that Avalance ship than Sarah. Like, Sarah's been, like, really supportive of Ava and her transitioning into her new career, which is great. Um, but I feel like we are a little bit going back to the what is Sarah doing? You know, she's and like... That's
0: interesting because, like... Netflix. Coming off of crisis, you would think that she would have some focus, you yeah, know? Like, like big, her life, her, her dad's back from the dead. Like all these things happened to her, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm I not don't weird. think that we like, even know that Sarah knows that her dad is back from the dead.
2: Because well, I was not in... even like her dad, but I was like the fact that she the first episode back for them, they went through this whole dramatic thing about Sarah not having Oliver anymore, or him being gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but that hasn't really moved her forward in a way. Like I don't know what she's what what who Sarah is in this like post Oliver, whatever or like yeah. what, right. that relationship that changes the way that she moves as the leader of the Legends or you know.
0: And technically, she was there when Quentin was giving his speech, so she should know. Like her dad is.
2: Yeah. Yes. Life. Uh huh
0: guess the writers just forgot
2: (laughs) she's just any feelings about it yeah she's like been there done that moving on that's (laughs) over that's canceled (laughs)
0: canceled. oh you're resurrected (laughs) again (laughs) great
2: (laughs) now back to suara what did suara have to say
0: He says, overall, Legends was uh, good this week. The highest note was Zari becoming more part of the team and starting to get her memories back. I'm glad our prediction of past and present timelines Zari being fused is being proven correct and I can't wait for her further development. Also, I like a change her and Behrad's last name to Tarazi, which refers to a village in Iran. I'm also ecstatic that we have two Iranian-Americans on the Wave Rider. Yay for Middle Eastern representation and he hopes Guggenheim or another writer doesn't mess it up. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad we got Charlie back finally and her plotline with Constantine made sense, but we didn't get enough, obviously. While the plotline idea of saving a white man from becoming a serial killer was tired and worn out, it had fun twists and I loved Nora helping him repel his evil urges. The twist of the killer being his mom was great. I love that Ava also has a podcast. Of course, it would be about historical serial, kill- serial killers. <laughs> and I think that was all the Legends feedback that we had this week. All right.
2: Yay. The predictions. Do we have any for it? Yes, this is like the hardest show to predict. Like, do we have any predictions? Well,
1: I do predict, like Sora said, I, I think I am predicting, you know, that the, mer- the timelines will merge and Zari will just be you know, eventually our Zari, like the memories of Zari, but in this timeline. It's just basically how how the crisis people are, right? Post-crisis for Zari, even though her predicament was not caused by crisis.
0: <laughs> I do not have anything, so I'm just going to say banana. Banana.
2: <laughs> is that your code word, for let's move on? <laughs> <laughs> It is. <laughs> I love it. I wonder what Astra's mom will be like cuz I like I doubt she'll be very helpful in the beginning. Uh-huh. Are we supposed to... I don't know if I want to go there or not. Like if Astra's mom and John had a thing. Cuz I think the Comics. Ew. I, I don't will not. All right, banana. <laughs> <laughs> no like
1: <laughs> No, <Why>? wait.
0: <laughs> I have... I'm just, now I'm like,
1: I have many thoughts about this now. I have I have many questions, but...
2: <laughs> I don't remember, well, yeah, I like... Life. We'll give back backstory just, next week. <laughs> he had to, like, save. He failed to save Asher. Yes. So That's why he, he has, failed like, an action with her. But, like, mm-hmm. why was he in the position to save her? Because he owed something to her mom? Or they used to have something together? No. Or, you know? As far as I know, no.
1: I think it was just that chaz and renee asked john to help with astra and astra's father like used her for black magic or something so then he tried to like john john made a deal with a demon to save astra from her dad's demon but then that other demon betrayed john and killed astra So John was like, "Damn it, I did this because I brought that demon." So that's why he feels responsible. I don't know why. Then his, you know, I don't know what's going on with the mom. I did not know anything about the mom other than, you know, please save my daughter. You have not saved my daughter.
2: Wonder if I guess maybe if they're blending like the Mm -hmm. dad from the comics with the mom on the show, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, anywho's moving on to our final show, Black Lightning. Book of Marcovia, chapter four, Get the Strap, I think was the title, which is like very aggressive. <laughs> grab, grab the strap. Grab the, grab the strap. Very aggressive <laughs> title. Get the strap sounds like I'm about to beat your ass. <laughs> well, there's a lot of asses. <laughs> it was, it was about strap.
1: beating asses. Yeah.
2: Eating asses. Beating asses? Beating asses. <laughs> I heard <laughs> eating asses too. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know this is a Valentine's episode, but come on. It's a little...
0: <laughs> it
2: Anyhow. Um, Black Lightning and his team descend upon Markovia, which is... looks just like Freeland. <laughs> it's, well, I guess what we saw because it, it's just in the dark. Um, mm-hmm. They descend upon Markovia on a mission to rescue Lynn, who finds herself in even more trouble when she meets Gravedigger, a.k.a. Wayne Brady, a metahuman with the power of suggestion. Like, he can get people to do what he says. Make your own brave. Um, yes. And he is on the Markovian side. So, um, in Black Lightning's team, we also have um, Black Lightning trying to recruit Khalil to the newly reformed Khalil to get back on the horse and go with him to save Lynn, and obviously Khalil has some reservations about uh, whether he is the right man to do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Salim Akil directed this episode. Written by Charles D. Holland and Ashley O. Conley. What sparked joy in this episode? Well, uh, it sparked joy for me
1: that we finally met Wayne Brady. Though he only... Perhaps lasted one episode, but <laughs> um, but he was great, uh, and the whole gravedigger, like the fact that he can like command you, you know, make you do what he wants with his voice, um was pretty creepy, and also the great little killer frost voice amplification for for his powers, you know, just so you know that what he's saying is powerful um i I enjoyed that. I liked that Khalil uh, was convinced to join the team up. And I liked the fact that there was a team up. Like it was, it finally felt like we really have a, um, like our own little justice league, our own little outsiders crew, whatever, you know, um, it finally feels like everything has fallen into place. Everyone has like their superheroic role to play. Also, the, we've had like two episodes of buildup for this showdown and the showdown, thankfully, did not let us down in terms of choreography, special effects, um, just the high points of the battle sequences. Uh, Khalil facing off with Gravedigger, uh, Grace transforming into Commander Dude, fighting off um, those people was great. Um, also, yeah, I, I feel like every everyone had like a moment uh, or more in, in the different like acrobatic sequences, which I liked. Um, also, uh, the fact that Jefferson had to, like, rescue Tobias, uh, is of interest. Like, you know, just, just in terms of, like, this is the guy that killed his dad, you know? And yet he's still put in a position to help him and then still, you know, get into a tussle with him as it is. Um, but. Brand- and then Brandon trying to kill Jace um, and then not being able, not being allowed to I was <laughs> like, poor a- Brandon he came here to do one thing <laughs> but he cannot kill Jace also like, I swear to god Jace has had like a, bl- a brain transplant this is not the character from last season I do not know who this woman is but she's much funnier now I don't know, <laughs> being with Markovia now she just like seems just totally cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs but at least it's enjoyable so i guess that's good (laughs) um but yeah overall i thought it was just like a really like well done episode and it felt like we had been leaving somewhere these last couple because the last couple has been like when are we
0: gonna do the thing
1: but we did finally do the thing also i could not believe when i mean did jefferson kill him at the end
0: kill who I don't think so. I think they I just think knocked so. him just out. Super knocked him out. Lighting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was, was like, oh my it's god, like it would be a waste he if they went... just brought him for one episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah. After and all Lef- that Lef- build up and Wayne Brady coming, exactly. That one but, episode. but Jefferson <laughs> went like hard,
1: you know, and he was like, nobody touches my wife, and he was like, Rah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh my god, I am scared, I am scared, but I did like that. Then, like you know, Lynn was like,
0: thanks, babe
1: did good. And then, you know, like the whole, like the whole family was actually physically reunited, right? They were like carrying them back. Mm -hmm. So, which is something that I feel like we have not seen all freaking season. So, I was really happy to see that. It felt, it felt like, you know, it felt so metaphorical. And yet, physically, a thing that was actually happening for us. Um. So yeah, I feel like the final shots, which is like where you like see like the cave or whatever you want to call it, closing on the team. Was nice because then it feels like it's like a forward, a, a, a new way forward for Black Lightning, right? As we're adding members to the team and we're getting our whole new Outsider subset. So, yeah, that's me. Oh, wait, I'm lying. I like the opening sequence <laughs> where Jefferson was talking to himself. Well, it wasn't, sorry, to Gamby. But at first it looks like he's just like, let me just talk to the story about my wife, you know? And you're like, okay, well, he's obviously talking to someone, but what is going on here? But it was cool that he sort of like unburdened himself to Gambi, who's like his father figure. And then at the end, Gambi said that his father, like, he was like, Oh, your dad would be so proud of you. And so am I, or whatever. And I was like, Ah, it's like his dad. And then I was like, expecting Gambi to just like die the very next scene. <laughs> Was, it was, like, that kind of <laughs> moment between them, and I was like, oh, goodbye, Gamby. I'll miss you. But, but, but yeah, I, I did think that this was, like, a nice little showcase for Jefferson and Gamby's dynamic, even though it wasn't, like, in a really overt way. It just that you have Gamby there as sort of, like,
0: Jefferson's guiding force. So. Yay. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I really... Liked Chris's acting in the opening scene. I think it was like very strong. He had me believing that, you know, he, he and Lin were like yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That he was talking to somebody, and then like he and Lin were like yes, OTP. You know, brought back all that. It's like a summary of their relationship basically. But he was like really strong. But when he did turn to Gambi, I honestly did laugh out loud. I was like, oh my god, he's been talking to Gambi this whole time. <laughs> that was very dramatic. The music. <laughs> Um, but it was a really good scene for him um, as an actor to to play out and I really enjoyed watching it and I really liked Khalil's arc like he was having to choose like knowing what he had been capable of as painkiller than having to choose to save But I like that he said no at first because like he didn't really trust himself and he didn't really think that he could do it and, and what he's been through like he's still going through a lot in his head but then at the end of the day he's like this is the right thing to do so he did it um and i really liked his conversation with jefferson specifically because it felt like they came full circle because they've had this very tumultuous relationship and him telling jefferson that was like not his fault what happened last season it was sort of like a peaceful conversation you know they're they're working together more as equals now than before uh, when they were he was on the run with Jennifer. I like that he knew that there were like the little chips inside the inside their necks were right. present and that he was, they were being spied on. So he took them out. Love that. And I really enjoyed the fact that this team of like the whole episode was really action packed that the family was back together. Finally, after so long, um, so that was really great to see. And of course, yeah, yeah I agree, fully agree with that. Gambi telling Jefferson that he's proud of him moment because that was excellent. And that's all.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I forgot what the what your first likes were. <laughs> um, for me, yeah, I think I, I liked the conversation between Khalil and Jefferson because I feel like that that conversation. Went a lot better and put a lot more focus on Khalil and, and Jefferson, you know, letting Khalil know that, you know, what they made him do as painkiller wasn't his fault. And then how Khalil, it was Khalil's choice to come back for Lynn. Like, Jefferson didn't put a lot of pressure on it. He's like, you know, you'd be a great asset to our team, but he didn't really put a lot of pressure trying to guilt trip him into doing something or try and be like get back on the horse you can do it so there was not no pressure on it but Khalil made a choice to go and help which I enjoyed um I like that TC didn't he like recognize that there was like a kill switch and like one of those, like he was like staring at her and yes. she oh, thought I to say because- that yes yeah, she thought it was because he liked her. He like, her. Was, like, like, he, like headed
1: like her hair or something Yeah, It was like, yeah. Super weird. And then <laughs> Yeah, <I> was, like, <laughs> like the thing's awkward, thing, but it yeah. was because yeah. like he
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then
1: he was but... like she's not even my type. No, I like girls who are like Just so was
2: like TC, be quiet. <laughs> I don't care what kind of girl. <laughs> I about. thought it
0: was because he liked her too. I was like, "Oh, does TC have a crush?" And then I'm like, "Oh, I see." <laughs> he was
2: really really awkward. <laughs> but he he did have a good purpose. So he's been like the best addition, I think to the team just in terms mm-hmm. of how useful he's been with his powers right, um yeah. so much more <laughs> useful than brandon <laughs> at the moment oh, poor, brandon. <laughs> poor brandon. <laughs> brandon um i do like that grail kind of notices that brandon is not pulling his weight and you know the whole thing about brandon uh is pushing back because he just wants to like kill Jace or whatever and there's like weird thing with his eyes I'm like why does he have lightning eyes you are you are an earth sign dude you should not have lightning stay in your lane yeah and then that kind of dynamic comes back like girl's already watching Brandon and it comes back in like the actual fight where he stops Brandon from doing something potentially that he would not be able to come back from um, during the fight Uh, I do find Jace to be really, really hilarious, and it's it's like, she's crazy to the point where I don't know when she's acting and when she's not, like, because I feel like part of her really does want to be Lynn's best friend, but then she's also (laughs) (laughs) like, very self-serving, and so it's kind of like, trying to figure out how much of her is, like, being genuine and wanting to work with Lynn to get out And how much of it is just her, like, protecting her own ass and acting. Um, Wayne Brady, (laughs) finally getting to see him. I wish we knew. And hopefully he continues to to pop back up. um, So we can know more about why he thinks Markovia is a better option than where he used to be. Uh, Because he also had this kind of, like, you know where you kind of can't tell if he's just saying shit so that Lynn will do something for him or if he genuinely believes that Markovia is going to be like a safe haven for metas like him. Because clearly from what we've seen in Markovia, that is not the case. So kind of like, why does he feel the way that he feels? Um, I do like, you know, the, the whole like reunion and everyone has like a little bit of time with Lynn, like, and Lynn did help assist in her own escape because she copied Gravedigger's powers and she was able to use them to get a uh, Markovian dude that had been shocking her for, like, all the time that she had been over there. She kind of got to turn the tables and get him to shock himself. Um, I think Jen was the first one to, like, find Lynn and then, like, she helped in the and then Jeff pulled out the big guns to stop uh, Gravedigger at the inn. Um, but, yeah. It was a nice family reunion. So that was cool. Now, going on to what did not spark joy.
1: Um, I forgot to say that I liked that Lynn had a hand in her own, you know, rescue. I did like that she took uh, greater earth powers. Uh, However, I, I feel like they were like, oh, the green light will help her avoid his powers or whatever right and I was like oh yay more green light um but aside from that I I wasn't I was going to dislike when um when you know it seemed like she would give in and then go with him and then I was like oh we're just gonna end the episode having lost again I love that shit but then that didn't happen so it's all well uh I think that I, I first I didn't like, I don't know, like when the way that Jennifer tried to get Khalil to join them was like, awkward. <laughs> She's like, since you killed your mom, save mine. Like, ah, okay. The
0: guilt trip.
1: <laughs> exactly. I didn't like that. That was awkward. Um, so like you said, the Jefferson conversation uh-huh, went much better. <laughs> I am glad that we had that one instead um I, I i i yeah i don't know why brandon is is like not pulling his weight right now i don't know what they were thinking with the brandon character like i feel like he started off one way and like yeah, was meant to be something and just like
2: not there
1: yeah. yeah and and so now i'm like okay brandon so i don't know maybe maybe that's like part of an arc or something that we'll see or maybe they just decided they just lost interest in Brandon and they're like, Ooh, TC shiny new object. We like that one. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Um, but we will see. Um, aside from that, I mean, I feel like the most interesting thing about Markovia so far has been what Gravesayer said, right. About why he would, he thinks that it's a better way or that he would say with them. Um, so I would want to know more about that. I would like to see more about Markovia from his perspective, or just from the perspective of, any, of anyone, because <laughs> we just spent a whole episode on Markovia,
2: and I'm like, what yeah, is Markovia? Markovia. Like, <laughs> I, 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 there's no, like, Markovian scenery, Markovian picture. Yeah. Nope. I okay. have no
1: idea. I don't understand anything, so I would like to to get to know it more in one way or another. Um... 'Cause right now it is kind of just feels like a very like we could have just done the whole thing with just ASA versus Lynn and then they'd be rescuing Lynn from the ASA, you know, and be the same thing. So there you go. My dislikes
0: I I don't know. I felt like I liked this episode, but I also didn't really like this episode because like you you said that they went to rescue Lynn and Markovia, but we still don't know anything about Markovia, like this was the opportunity to actually showcase in because I feel build. like they're a threat outside of Freeland so like Freeland is locked down because of Markovia but Markovia hasn't really been the threat to them it's been the ASA so now they're gone off they've gone off to Markovia and we don't get anything except like what Gravedigger says and I don't know if it's like they don't have the budget to show us Markovia or like they're saving it for next season as they have done in the past. But like, I would really like them to start delivering on some of the things that they've been leading up to overall, because like even all the outsider stuff they've been hinting at and they haven't gotten there. And then like Grace's powers were supposed to be connected to something like somebody was after her. And then, now she's just like she's there but she didn't really do much in this episode either and like I don't know where Thunder Grey stands right now like there's no forward movement and then everything is stalled over in Freeland so now that the Pierce's are working with the ASA everything with Henderson is you know stopped and what like what's happening with the resistance what's happening with Jamila like what's going on in the streets of Freeland like is Jennifer even going to school anymore <laughs> Um, All these like little things that like continuously bug me about the show sometimes because like we don't – every time they introduce a new plot, everything else stops for mm. several episodes until they get back to it and it's like getting near the end and I feel like we haven't really gotten to the point of what it is that the ASA and the Markovians are doing in general. Like we know that the ASA is bad but the Markovians not so much. Um, so yeah, it it was a great rescue episode, but I also felt like they spent too much time setting it up, like the training portion, even though we didn't really see much of the training portion, they were just kind of like sitting around for a lot of the episode and the rescue really didn't come in until like 30 minutes in. Um, and that's when like the action really picked up. Otherwise it was just kind of like taking its time getting there because it felt like there wasn't enough in the writing to carry it through until they got to the point where they had to go rescue Lynn um and I don't know, like I feel like I'm concerned that now that Lynn is rescued they're gonna drop all the green light stuff for her um but also like as much as I really loved her family coming in to get her and Jefferson's little speech or whatever, I feel like the impact would have been more emotional had they actually written jefferson and lynn to be in like a really loving relationship throughout this entire season because like every time we've seen them they've been like at each other's throats at each other's throats constantly so it's like i want to buy it because it's there and it's it seems beautiful but it hasn't been beautiful (laughs) um so maybe now after all of this that they'll finally get on the same page and communication and everything so
1: i mean i would say these this episode probably had their two most romantic moments all season. And yeah. <laughs> one of them, Lynn was not even in because it was just Jefferson talking about Lynn.
2: Yeah. I feel like in general, I am war weary in black lightning. Like it's been, we've been in a war like this entire season and I just feel like I'm kind of like tired of war. Like war is always like my least favorite subject i don't like war movies i didn't like war books hated red badge of courage in high school like all of this like it's not my jam the only war story that i like is watership down and that's because all the characters are rabbits <laughs> 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 so <laughs> this kind of like prolonged battle war with the asa everything's dark everything is like dreary i'm just a little bit tired in general um I I agree with what you're saying about how the Jefferson Jeff Lynn reunion didn't really feel earned in a sense and that we hadn't really been seeing them clicking at all this season. Um I don't like that Lynn I've I've just broken record at this point, but I don't like that Lynn's like drug addiction isn't even her fault. <laughs> like it's it's not a Lynn' story that services Lynn. It was introduced to show you how big and scary that Odell was that he tricked Lynn into drug addiction um so it's like her the fact that she has drug addiction is not doing anything to service her story, and it doesn't really seem like they're gonna get around to it in a way that will service her story other than the fact that now she needs it into in order to like have like powers or whatever like I feel like it, it would have played done a stronger service to her character development if they had taken the Odell thing out of it. And it was something that a slippery slippery slope that Lynn decided to go down of her own accord um, to like level the playing field or whatever. Um, but yeah, like you said, like, I don't know now that they are back together and they, you know, she's been rescued, but there's still the same issues of her having this drug addiction and the fact that every time someone's brought it up to her, she spurned it back in their face of, well, you know, you have a hero complex or da 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 da. So, and the fact that she tried, like, she tried a little bit in Markovia, but it was like a situation where she, quote unquote, needed it to, in order to survive. And so it's like, well, where does, where does this kick in? And Lynn's kind of like back half of who, what kind of doctor do I want to be kind of thing. And I don't know that they like her that much to explore that. So, who knows? <laughs> Brandon, Brandon continues. Like, I, I was really interested in Brandon. And like you guys said, like, I felt like he they had a plan for Brandon in the beginning. Um, but then they were like, you know, we like TC better. We like TC with Jen better. So, let's not do that with Brandon. we like... Not TC Khalil with Jennifer Better. So let's not do that with Brandon. We like TC better as a meta. So let's not do that with Brandon. Um, he Geo but he's not the Prince of Markovia. So we're not gonna do that. And so she's kind of like, <laughs> what What are you gonna do? <laughs> like, Where are you gonna do with him? You know, they're obviously not gonna let him kill. If they didn't let Jen kill Tobias, they're probably not gonna let you know. Brandon killed Jace so then what the fuck is he supposed to do? I would like to know that um, and he hasn't done anything with his actual powers like all he does is like right, shake right, the right. ground like a little bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I don't he know he shake the <laughs> ASA building the to the ground <laughs> at <laughs> least we'd get somewhere <laughs> there
2: <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's it's kind of like a waste of his character at the moment. But our regular Black Lightning correspondent Paulina had some stuff to say. What is she at what was her feedback for this episode? Yes, indeed. So Paulina says that she loved the team of this
0: episode. It was great seeing these superheroes work together and the concept of outsiders was introduced so seamlessly and naturally into the show. I'm glad that we got to see Erica out in the field and that we saw her saw how her power i forgot erica saw how her powers worked when thunder loaded her up with energy. Girl, girl, i forgot right?
2: to mention yeah, her, yeah. yeah. i love the when they whip. filled her up yeah yeah, I loved yeah. they filled
1: yeah. her up for the door that
0: was great yeah he says oh, yeah. she says okay. jeff's power when he said that no one threatens his wife i felt that <laughs> it was also great seeing the pierce family reunited at the yeah. end Um, I dislike the Anissa and Jen tension. I mean, I don't even think it's that serious from Jen's end, but it just seemed like manufactured drama. I get how Jen feels, but Anissa was nearly killed by painkiller and Tavon was killed by painkiller so she had every right to think that Khalil wasn't in there. But Jen did make a good point about the similarities Anissa and Jeff share and I think that's a big reason as to why Jeff and Anissa butt heads as often as they do. Yep. Um, The stuff with Lynn and Dr. Jace was not particularly interesting to me, but I loved seeing Lynn use her intelligence to get herself out of the situation. Um, I really like seeing Khalil not being in as much pain this episode. It was nice to see him step up and join the others in the rescue mission. And Brandon got more to do this episode besides stand around and provide exposition, so that was nice. I like the idea that because his powers ground him to the earth, he had a hard time flying in a plane. Um, TC is really shaping up to be my fave. I liked how he... I liked seeing him be quick on his feet and deactivate Erica's chip. Gamby was so proud. Um, her predictions are the Pierce family are reunited, so I presume they're going to deal with the ramifications of Odell drugging Lynn and her addiction. This is good. And then Thunder seems to have come back in full force, so I'm guessing that we'll see her more out in the field with lightning and black lightning and the rest of the outsiders. And I like the background stuff of Jen and Erica chatting, up, chatting on the airplane, and I hope we see a friendship develop between them. And also, Sora, I think, had uh, oh,
2: blacklighting yeah, feedback. feedback.
0: He says, blacklighting on the whole was great this week. I'm glad we got to learn more about TC and Brandon, and especially like the latter telling off the ASA agent and calling bullshit on them, thinking they've done any sort of good. I like the team fighting through Markovia and Lynn ultimately saving herself. She has mind control powers now uh cautiously excited about where her storyline may go her and jefferson's reunion was beautiful and it was wonderful to see them reaffirm their love to each other and this is distrust of khalil felt very earned as did jennifer's anger towards her the drama feels sincere this time around even if before the khalil storyline was headache inducing i'm glad they could turn the ship on this especially with khalil continuing to be remorseful his conversation with jefferson felt sincere and heartfelt and that's that on that
2: I love it. So do we have any predictions for Black Lightning?
0: That hopefully Gravedigger isn't dead.
2: <laughs> do we think they will go back? Well, I guess they will, because that's uh, insinuated in the episode. They'll go back to Freeland like immediately, and we won't be in Markovia next week. Um,
1: it seems like it. Um, let me see. I'm like, let me look at this promo.
2: (laughs) Let's look at the episode description for next week. Uh Because,
1: yeah, I feel like they're just going to head on back. It would be nice if we actually saw it. But here I go. If it'll load.
2: I feel like Jay somehow, like, snuck onto their plane. And she'll just (laughs) pop up. Oh my god.
0: (laughs) She would. I would have put it past mm.
1: her. Well, there's something going on there. Maybe, maybe, maybe they have a shootout first, but then they do end up at home. So it's not going to last.
0: Yeah, she'll join social media then, and then add Lena's friends because she thinks that's what she has to do.
1: <laughs> she just stalks her on social media.
2: all right well that's that on that we've reached the point in our program where we discuss who wins lady with gumption of the week for this week we have flash lightning flash lightning flash black lightning and legends of tomorrow Um, I think that flash is pretty clear unless Tati wants to throw out (laughs) (laughs) no of course
1: of course iris west Alan is Mirror Iris. Or, or Mirror Iris, really. Mirror, Mirror Iris is the lady of the gumption of the week. And boy, does she have gumption. Stealing Iris' is man, stealing Iris' is life. Like, yes. who's doing it like her? Taking her, her wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, taking her wardrobe. You know, getting to do things Iris never got to do. Hitting dudes on the head with, with,
2: with beer bottle.
1: or Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. Who is doing it like her? No one. So, there you go. That's the one.
0: So, I could have
2: are we not gonna discuss Legends of Tomorrow or Black Lightning? No, no, I guess. It would definitely be
0: Nora. Yes, Nora, Nora for,
2: yeah, for, for Legends, Legends for sure.
0: Legends.
1: Um and for Black Lightning, I mean, all a lot of the girls, you know, got, got their kicks in. Maybe
2: I would I would throw Lynn a bone. Um, Yay! Yeah. <laughs> because she did <laughs> she didn't have like a plan to save herself. Uh-huh. Uh And she she was responsible mostly for saving herself and using like her the powers that she got from Gravedigger.
1: I support this.
2: So yeah, and she got Jace to cooperate, which is impressive. Which is like yeah, it's like hurting Jace is like hurting cats, like multiple cats <laughs> and trying to herd them all to do one thing, <laughs> and Lena somehow managed to do it. Um, yep. Out of the three, who would be your overall? Iris, of course.
0: Yeah, I second that.
2: Over Nora? I'm playing Devil's oh. Abbey. I mean, the only reason I'd
1: give it to Nora would be because I'm afraid I won't see her again. Oh my god! <laughs> but I do think it was, you know, Iris,
2: I, Mirror Iris owned the week. Alright, this is back-to-back wins for Iris Les. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing no one's keeping track anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if this season keeps like keeps going the way it is, I don't know. Competition
2: we'll is like biased. <laughs> I just won seven times in a row. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna
1: call um, us on it? Who's gonna
2: call yes. us on it? <laughs> <laughs> tune in next week. Well, she ha- she will have some competition next week because we'll mm-hmm. finally get Supergirl and Batwoman yeah. back. I uh, thought you true. were to say,
1: because we'll finally meet Sue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like, Sue could sh- pop up strong. Who knows? But we do yeah, get I mean, Supergirl stuck Woman. in the
0: mirror episode the whole time. Yeah, Sue yeah. Could, You know, get there.
2: Um. So, be excited about that. We, uh, we'll we have five shows again. Because we have Supergirl, Batwoman, Flash, no, Black Lightning. No, we Light- have
0: four shows because Black Lightning is off for President's Day. Oh.
2: Oh. oh, so nice. Like small blessings. Right um, I
0: know.
2: Yes. But come back for that. Um, as always, you can send us your feedback um, via email. Ladies at gmail.com. You can send us ask on Tumblr. Uh, Ladies tumblr You can follow along with us in our live tweets on Twitter at DCTVGumption. Um, and then you can come back next week and listen to all the stuff we have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so we shall see you then. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.